and welcome to episode 46 of Talking Jacks. On today's episode, I am not joined by Ben Goshorn. It is just me. I am riding solo. Uh, this is a Talking Jacks extra, and so we're going to preview the Bethlehem Steel FC game, uh, and we're going to. I'll just briefly go over the results of last night's game with the Tampa Bay Rowdies. If you uh, were not aware, we played at the, at the Sportsplex uh, after about a 45-minute rain delay, and we played to a 2-2 draw. Uh, Charlotte scored first. Uh, really, the first half was pretty boring. Neither team had a lot of energy, probably, because they sat around for an hour and had a short warm-up. Uh, you know, that tends to happen. Uh, last season we took advantage of some teams coming out flat after rain delays uh, and this season not really the case uh, we didn't really take advantage of them coming out in the first half but in the second half uh, the energy level picked up immensely uh, Charlotte scored twice in a 10 minute span starting with uh, Jorge Herrera's goal in the 57th minute assisted by Cordell Cato and then they flip-flop rolls and Cordell Cato scored in the 64th minute with an absolute banger from inside the box, he put it over the keeper's head and then off the bar, and, and it was a, it was really great. If you haven't seen it, uh, check out the highlight video. Um, and that was in the 64th minute and also assisted by Jorge Herrera. Then uh, Charlotte conceded on a corner kick. Uh, Tamika Mkandawire, I believe is how you say that, or Mkandawire. I'm not 100% sure on the pronunciation, but he scored in the 66th minute for Tampa Bay. Uh, following a little bit of a goal mouth scramble, the original pass came in to a completely unmarked Joe Cole, which I probably don't recommend as a good defensive strategy on set pieces. And then uh, Jung Su Lee definitely committed a handball just moments before Mkandawire put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, so we may have gotten lucky to have not have him booked there for the handball in the box. But uh, then let's see. Then it got really interesting. Joel Johnson received the yellow card in the 86th minute for time wasting, and then another yellow card in the 89th minute uh, for a for a foul. Uh, it seemed like pretty unnecessary foul, in my opinion. It was pretty far away from goal, and the threat was not super high. I don't know. Joel Johnson is you know a fantastic player, but sometimes prone to bad decision making in terms of fouling and fouling hard. So that was one of those. And he got sent off. And then Tampa Bay scored off the ensuing set piece. Uh, they played it short and then laid it off to a wide open Dominique Oduro, who put in a 25 yard rocket. Uh, Dykstra got his fingertips to it, but couldn't keep it out. Uh, but it was a you know fantastic finish. But we got to do a better job defending the set piece uh, and just kind of keeping our head because then few minutes later Donnie Smith was shoved down in the box no call so Donnie got up and retaliated shoved back and then Donnie got sent off which was bizarre uh maybe both players should have been sent off rather than just Donnie but you know that's uh that's not our decision unfortunately so it is what it is and we dropped points that we really shouldn't have dropped uh we pretty much controlled the game from start to finish uh you know, we didn't mark up on set pieces. That was really the difference. As you know, that hasn't been an issue this season as much as it has been last season. Uh, so that was kind of an old problem rearing its ugly head. Maybe on a short week, you don't prepare as much 
for specific set pieces because both of them were you know kind of played short they weren't regular uh just kind of put a ball into the box type set pieces so maybe that we just weren't quite prepared or we just kind of shut off i'm not really sure but regardless we'll have a uh, full breakdown of that game we'll see what ben has to say about it uh in our next episode so We'll turn our sights towards Bethlehem, and uh, Saturday's game is at 5 o'clock p.m. Uh, I forget the name of the stadium there, but it's in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, I believe on the campus of Lehigh University. Uh, And the stadium does not have lights. That is the reason for the 5 o'clock kickoff. Uh, And we got into that. I think we talked about that with Evan either during the interview or after, so I'm not sure if you'll hear us repeat that. Uh, but regardless, we'll get straight to that interview. Uh, we were joined by Evan Valella, and uh, we'll play that interview now. Welcome to Talking Jacks. I think this is an official Talking Jacks extra because we're not recapping a game. Um, but welcome to the show, Evan Valella. Um, he is uh, the USL editor for the Brotherly Game, as well as the host of the USL show. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The host, sometimes the facilitator. Um, a, a bevy of things. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, definitely. Yeah. Thank you for uh, being a part of the show and uh, sharing your your steel like knowledge. Um, that didn't work as well as I was hoping it not would. Great. Not um, great. No, um, this is not getting to a great start. Okay. Um, I should it's be drinking start. It's how you finish. water. It is how you finish. Power through. Power through. Here we go. Here we go. Yes, that, that's how the the USL season works. Um, speaking of USL seasons. How has the Steels season been? Um, it's been all right. It's been all right. Honestly, we've gotten some nice results against teams. Um, we've, um, you know, started out by absolutely pounding Richmond um, and then kind of went into a lull in there. Um, we've gotten two draws out of Cincinnati this year, which is nice uh, hmm. because they, for whatever reason, couldn't seem to beat us. Uh at all other than I think one time last year at Nippert, they, they got the better of us, but we really took it to Cincy the last two years, which has been exciting given that they're going to MLS. Um, and then we had a, you know, a really nice kind of cardiac win away against Indy 11 in May. Um, and then recently we're, you know, four games unbeaten, um, started with the two, one win against North Carolina, wake med, uh, drew Louisville, drew Cincy, and then drew Red Bull here, uh, last, well, uh, when we play you guys, it'll be 10 days ago, but Wednesday, the, the 20th. Cool. All right. Good to know. Um, a lo- it feels like there's been kind of a, a slower start to this season because for me, it kind of felt like Bethlehem got a lot of tools and things like that. Yeah. One of those main tools is obviously left, but yeah. um, how would you describe the roster as far as play style um, and I guess players to look out for and things like that. Sure. Um, four, two, three, one is how we're going to come out. It might kind of look like a four, three, three at times, but it's not. Mm. Um, and what we want to do with that is we want to get out wide and, and we'll play possession. We'll pass a bunch. I think we've hit 400 passes a couple of times this year. Um, which is crazy. Uh, we'll play possession. We want to make you guys come to us and we feel like if we can do that, um, then we can exploit some space that we get, you know, either, you know, down the middle or, or getting crosses in and things like that. You know, we're a very young team. Uh, we're a very athletic team and we feel like we can kind of use that athleticism and that pace to get by you. And then, um, 
you know, middle of the park, we have the the captain of the team, season veteran James Chambers, who can hit pretty much any pass that he wants, basically. Um, so that's a guy that I would look out for. Um, and then the anchor of our defensive line, the the season veteran, Brandon Aubrey, who is 24. Yes, I think Brandon 23 Aubrey. or 24. Um, former Toronto FC2 guy, moved over here um, and is kind of our anchor. And he'll pair with either, um, uh, you know, Mark McKenzie's played a couple times. Uh, we've seen Josh Yarrow once or twice. Um, but it's been... Um, Benefimu is an academy kid who's a center back. So it's it's a rotating squad, like really heavy rotating squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Chambers and, and Aubrey are two guys to really look out for. And then in terms of offensive creation, Santi Mar has been our, our guy. Leads the team in shots with 24 um, and, and leads the team in points with, I believe, seven. So definitely um, a guy to look out for coming off of a, a rookie of the year nominated season. I think he finished second in voting. Um, and he's been just as good, if not better. So. Very cool. Was he the one that was just uh, in the USL team of the week? No, that was Chris Nanko on the other side. Um, who Nanko, okay. Hasn't no. gotten as much time as he did last year, um, which I think is is partly due to um, the rotation of the wingers. So we've had um, Maichi and Galena and um, Fabian Herbers some weeks will actually play out wide for us in, in the right mid. Um so it hasn't been Nanko as much, but I mean, you know, he got a good amount of time off the bench against Red Bull uh, last week, like I said, and and got two assists and got a USL team of the week. So it's, you know, about those guys when they get in, if they can if they can impact the side, they get more minutes. So, you know, we might see more of them this week. I don't I don't know. It's one of those things where the, the organization itself doesn't really know until about mm, Thursday of this week who they're getting, like who's in their 23. Um, and then from there, it's kind of just whoever travels. Well, not travels, but, you know, whoever shows up at Goodman. Very cool. Um, any uh, questions you got, Al? Yeah, I was just kind of curious how the structure of the club is. I yeah. know it's kind of that hybrid model where it's it's technically in MLS 2 side. Is that correct? It's just yeah, a different yeah, yeah. branding no, I mean, in a different city and all yeah, that? Yeah, it's – so, I mean – the same vein as Real Monarchs or mm-hmm. um, Swope Park Rangers, but we're probably more closely modeled to New York Red Bull too, in terms of the idea behind everything. Yeah. Um, in that it's a it's a separate brand which I really like a lot. I don't I, I, I understand why people, especially of like Old Guard Shield teams or even um, you know teams like Indy Eleven might resent us a little bit or, or Pittsburgh or our lovely neighbors to the west. Um, or, you know, brand new team, Penn FC, who I've never heard of before in my life, by the way. Um, <laughs> you know, there might, be, there might be a little bit of resentment because of that, too. And it just feels like we're not taking the league seriously. But I think if you go kind of that, I call them MLS 1.5, where you, you know, move it to a different market, give it a different name, but you can still run it like a two club. And that's what we do. Um, I mean, you've seen a lot of academy kids come up this year. Um, you know, Jeremy Raffanello's made some minutes. We've had um, Issa Rayon, who's been there. But I mean, even if you look through the history of the club, which is funny to say because it's only been three years, um, Anthony Fontana, Derek Jones, Matt Real, Mark McKenzie, Austin Trusty, Jack Elliott even was a steel guy for a little bit, you know. So it's there's a history of us turning out players that have impacts in the first team. Um, Corey Burke, another one, is a, is a big example. Um, so we look for those guys, you know, we keep a lot of our draft picks that the union pick up and we move them down the steel and give them a year. Um, and really we use it as a, as a, 
a really good testing ground to see what these guys have and see if they're worth holding on for. And, and in a way that's a little bit cruel. Cause I mean, I think there's guys um, you look at Taylor Washington in Nashville, Hugh Roberts in Pittsburgh that I think are, are very good players that have a home in, in USL um, easily, you know, that might be fringe MLS guys that we just don't keep because they're either too old, which is like 25, um, <laughs> which is, which is dead serious. Um, or, you know, we just don't think that they're a, a great fit. So um, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, a machine in a way, but I, I mean, I really enjoy how it's set up and it's, it's, you know, born fruit. So it's uh, no complaints here. Yeah, that's kind of my uh, – if you're going to model your MLS 2 side after anybody, I think the Red Bulls is a good one to model after. You know, they're not out here – you know, you can say what you want about their attendance in their stadium and stuff, but mm-hmm. the team itself, they take the league seriously. They're trying to win games. Yep. Uh, you know, it, it's And they not, have great kids. Yeah, and there's not a – it's not a Toronto kids. situation, uh, which is good. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, some people may not even know that it's a two-side. I guess if you're, you know, if you're more of a casual uh, fan of the league. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think sometimes we tip our hand a little bit just because of, of guys like Fabian Herbers or like John McCarthy is another one that gets a lot of time with us. Who's just clearly an MLS guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, former Rochester rider. Um, you know, but yeah, I, I think it's one of those things where if, if there's teams like us or like Red Bull who've, you know, won the league, um, you know, I don't think there's any harm in it, really. And I, I understand that people are maybe upset or aren't thrilled when they have to play an MLS 2 team. Or, you know, there's even players that I've that I've talked to, who, you know, find it a little hard to get up for those games um, in, in a sense. But, I, you know, I think as long as the team is performing well, like you said, and like not completely bottoming out like Toronto or like FC Montreal a couple of years ago, then it's that's fine. Yeah. Lesson, I, don't be one, from Canada. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still more yeah. story. Sorry, I cut you off, Ben. Go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. Um, I just wanted to say that I, for one, think that it's a nice dynamic in the league to have teams like the Steel. Um, I mean, you can say what you want to about having them drop players from their MLS squad here and there, but I, I don't see a major problem with it. If they're going to compete, and the the one thing I'll definitely say that I like about the Steel is they have those different, somewhat more veteran players like James Chambers and things like that that are going to kind of be the the stalwarts there so one thing i was curious on is i I was looking at it because i know he was higher up there last year for on a passes per 90 basis yeah it looks like right now he's averaging 69 passes per 90 nice yeah (laughs) glad you did that (laughs) um but what do you what do you think he means to the team as far as tempo and everything else like that (laughs) um i think a lot of the reason he's been so pivotal for (laughs) this is oh man the organization which i know sounds really crazy but i I think it's true is because he's been there and not not necessarily in in the states obviously i mean he's he's been here for three years now but uh, you know over in in ireland um the republic of i should say you know he was a professional soccer player over there for many many years and you get a lot of those intangibles and a lot of development for those youth kids, for those academy boys, is, you know, here's how you be a professional soccer player, and here's how you act in this situation, and here's how you act when you're down a goal, and, you know, here's how you present yourself, and here's how you train, and here's how you practice, and, you know, 
the mindset and a lot of the attitude things. And I think that more than anything else that he does is, is crucial because our goal is player development. And that's one of those things that you can have the best academy system in, in the country. And I think the union are up there in terms of developing players and, and having a really good pipeline set in place. But if you don't have a guy like that, that can actually teach those kids and is on the field, then it's, it's not going to mean as much. I don't think um, what he does on the field <laughs> Last couple weeks, he's been saying that he gets paid to to win games, which is hilarious, and I love it. Um, And it's just kind of that cutting edge where he's a guy where he's going to get pissed off at the front line if they don't do things that they should be doing, Um, and that's huge. And, you know, like we saw against Red Bull, too, where it's the 86th minute, Nanko puts a cross in, Matt Mahoney gets ahead on it, they score. You could very easily go, all right, well, it's too little too late, but they kept going, they kept going, they kept going, and James puts the second uh, goal in, so... Yeah, I mean, he's great at the midfield. He's definitely a you know a focal point. He's a guy that is comfortable with the ball at his feet. He's not afraid to get stuck in on some tackles. Um, yeah, I mean, he's he's huge, and I I he's gonna hate that I big him up for like two minutes at a time, but he'll get over it. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's really cool to see that dynamic in the league. I think, and he's. Uh, it's cool that he's embraced that too, because you can it is. see it really a is. lot of players in that position that are, because he's he's one of the only veteran type players on the team, if I'm not mistaken, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, by any stretch of the like word veteran in terms of age or, or experience, he's definitely yeah. the only one that we have. We have seasoned veterans who were, you know, my age for. <laughs> You know, and, and when, you know, Brandon Aubrey is the anchor of your back line and he's, you know, just out of college and, and you know, uh, is a couple months younger than I am. Or like a guy like Drew Scundrich, who's won, you know, four national championships with Stanford, but he isn't really a, a veteran. It's a it's a difference for sure. Interesting. Yeah. It's a really interesting dynamic there. Um, yeah. I, I think it's, it's fun to watch the steel in that sense because they have a. They've kind of taken the Red Bull stance, but they have a little different spin on it. Well, and I, I think like we tried to branch out a little bit by bringing well by bringing in Brandon Allen. Also, in terms of a hey, if you want to play for the Union next year, just hang out and do well. Um, and that wasn't a wasn't a good fit for a variety of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mainly the one, you know, just being that he didn't do enough defensively for us. Really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's a big thing that we covered out of our strikers is that constant high press, that you know, marking back and making some tackles, and that's not his style of play. Um, which is fine. He's incredibly successful at what he does, but that wasn't part of it, and and you know, that wasn't a teachable thing apparently. That's interesting because coming out, of, you know, he he was with the Red Bulls, wasn't he? He was. Yep. Oh yeah. That's kind of their mo as well is having their striker kind of lead the the press. So that's, yeah, that's well, interesting. they passed on him too. Yeah. So <laughs> it was one of those things where, you know, it was like, if you guys can teach him how to do that, you'll be great. But maybe probably not. Right. So this is what it is. Well, we do have one listener question kind of on the topic of the player development. Uh, it's from Charles and he asks, uh, Bethlehem slash Philadelphia have turned into a developmental power. Which uh-huh. one of Bethlehem's young products has the brightest future? Uh, <laughs> damn it. I'll give you um, freedom to mention three people. No. I can mention 
for people. Well, see, yeah. because like uh, the thing that, that that trips me up about the academy kids is like I don't want to tell you guys, hey, look out for this kid, look out for this kid, look out for this. We have leaving for college soon. Um, mm. If you see uh, Benefimu is a big one. He is massive. He's I think I, I don't have it in front of me. I think he's listed at like six six and like two hundred and something, and he's seventeen. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, I, I saw him in person for the first time the other week and freaked out. Um, he's also apparently, according to another Academy kid, a very good rapper. Really? Yeah, I don't, I don't know the things you learn yeah, about. Can't the confirm children. that yet. Um, not in person, but I'm going to, I'll get there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, Ben, Ben Afimu is a big one. He's, he's the first Academy kid to score in his debut when he did it a couple weeks ago, uh, against North Carolina and he's a center back. So go figure. Um, Another one that I'm I'm really high on uh, is I think Jeremy Raffanello's looked really good um, in the in the couple of appearances he's had. He's a forward um, and he's come off the bench a couple times just because we have, you know, as far as USL guys go, we have Aiden Apodaca, but after that, there's no forwards. Well, out and out strikers for us. Um, so if you see Raff, he's definitely going to be be one to watch for. Um, and then a third guy. Um, I'll be cheap and and cheat and use a guy who's already on an MLS contract. But I think Anthony Fontana has the entire world in front of him. Um, I've been seeing him play soccer, which this is crazy, since he was like 16 when he came on for Marisa Du a couple years ago. Um, which was like, I, uh, I jokingly at the time said it was the best what did you do this summer story to come back to for the Academy. Um but yeah, I, I think he's incredible. Um, they don't really know where they want to play him yet because he can play um, up at the at the you know attacking mid role and he can sit back. Um, but either way, I, I think he has all the tools to do it. Um, and I mean, he scored a goal at MLS level in his MLS debut, which was a super cool moment for me personally because I had so much to do with it. I know. Um, <laughs> and then uh, and then just I'm sure for him it was just really cool. So. Um, if I can cheat, there's a decent chance that you see him uh, this weekend. I think maybe watch me be wrong now. It'll be great. <laughs> but uh, but those three guys, I would I would definitely look out for. I call them guys, but they are mostly children. <laughs> yeah, Fontana's one that I, I figured you would say just because he's got seven appearances already this year, um, and he's kind of since since the DP signing for Philadelphia, kind of plays the same position that they yep. were playing him in. To start yep, the year, yep, yep. it makes sense that he would get a little bit more playing time with, with at Bethlehem. I hope you out at Sport Dodge Cal. Yeah, I didn't want to try it. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those ones where we all kind of waited for someone at the club to say his name first, and then just went off of that. Yeah. Um, and then I guess the fourth one, I don't even think of him as an academy kid, but he did come up through the pipeline. Was the first guy to do it, Derek Jones. If you get to see him again, is is a, oh, is a yeah. He had a gnarly goal, like the second or third week, maybe. Yep. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, he does that thing where he just kind of runs through a couple people, then hits it from just outside the box, and it goes in. And every time you're like, "Oh, that's gross." Yep, that's that's unnatural and makes me feel lazy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's about uh, right. Very cool. Um, any other questions, Alex? I think I, I'm all questioned out. Yeah, I have no other questions. Uh, do we want to do predictions? Yes. All right, let's do it begrudgingly we do yes well we would got, you like to go first Evan? yeah go for it 
I, I would, and, and it's nice cool. because whenever someone has me on a podcast to talk about <clears throat> Bethlehem Steel playing a team, there's a good chance that I've already submitted picks because um, our resident pony over at the USL show pony um, has a makes all the uh, the USL show pick them spreadsheet thing in a, in a Google sheet and reminds everyone to go do it, and then I begrudgingly go do it because I'm a great procrastinator. Um, <laughs> so I put that we were going to beat you guys 2-1 this week. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. I think we're on a good run of form. Um, I I like your team. And I can't wait to be lit up in that preview that your um, the Jack's Militia puts together because those things are hilarious. <laughs> yes. Um, for putting those together. And, yeah, no, and no, no. They're, they're maybe like one of my favorite things about the league, which is really sad. But it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we have a little bit too much in our locker. And we don't have to travel, which is big. Yeah. That's a good and point. And it's a weird 5 o'clock kickoff time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't What's realize that. that. While we're at it, what is we, uh, earlier times? We don't have lights. Oh. Yeah. yeah, the football stadium at Lehigh does not have lights. That makes sense. So that does make sense. That's unfortunate for the players time. in the It's summer. unfortunate for everybody. <laughs> we don't yeah, that's true. like that that's a thing, but it's a thing. Hmm. So there you go. Wow. Interesting. Um, I will defer to you, Alex. I'll go last on this. Unless it okay. If you're ready, I, I can. No, throw I'm, something. I'm, I'm good. Someone's going to have to break the ice. I'm processing. Right? So, and it's okay. You don't have to say, I'm, you know, that Steel are going to win. I'm used to hearing that a well, lot. Well, I, I got to be honest. Yeah. This is not a great matchup for us. We don't match up well with the two sides this year. Uh, we have struggled against Atlanta. With two That's draws, weird. we've we got weird. smashed by the Red Bulls on the road. You can uh, say that. So, I'm gonna say we're gonna lose three two. Okay. High scoring That's affair, cool. but I, but our our defense has not been able to keep up with the young kids. So mm. probably because their average age is 35. <laughs> Roughly. Yeah, Maichi and is gonna be a problem then because he is is faster than almost anybody I've ever seen play soccer, which is great, but he also has ball control, which is terrifying, because a lot of those guys that are just pacey just kick really far and run to it, but he yeah. can actually do skill moves. So, yeah. That is terrifying. Um, see, I'm... I don't know. As much as we have not played good against the young kids, um, we did beat y'all five... Oh, on aggregate last year. That's true. Um, yeah. Technically yeah, that was last year. Now. Yeah. Well, true. But <laughs> I think we also may have played both games against Tomas Romero. I know we played the one game in uh, in Lehigh. It was it was against Tomas mm. Romero. Um, but um, mm. I'm gonna say we're gonna win two zero. Forget it. Okay. Yeah. Ben's the eternal optimist. I'm a little bit more cynical. So that that, this, that checks that. out. Yeah, it's checks and balances, guys. You know, it's the, mm -hmm. it's the light and the dark. You play off each other. It's good. It's good. Yin and yang. This is only like the yeah. second time I've ever predicted a loss. I don't know. I just don't feel good about this matchup. I'm very good at, at coming on the shows and making people think they're going to lose, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. My charm. Well, speaking right. of charm, thank you for joining us. It, this was excellent. Problem. One of our yes. better interviews, mm -hmm. for sure. I'm not saying I'm that flattered. just to say it. 
No, but any anytime, anytime, feel free. Let me know. Absolutely. And I do want to shower Evan with praise for if you've liked any of these interviews or none of them, I guess. Um, but if you've liked any of these, thank Evan because Hi guys. Um, he's been very helpful in orchestrating these. That's so right. um, thank you, Evan. Not a problem. Not a problem. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to hear more from Evan, check out the USL show on uh, also on the Beautiful Game Network. It's true. They cover yeah. the whole league. It's an excellent podcast. Also true. Uh, I think Ben's been on it before. He has. I have. Yeah. Talked about this here Charlotte Independence team. All right. Well, you never know which team Ben's going to be talking about when he goes on a podcast. It's fair. There is 90 of he, them now. Yeah. Yeah. So. Roughly. <laughs> it only him. covers like leagues yeah i saw him posting pictures of cincinnati scarves this week you know just being a traitorous Mm -hmm. bastard i thought i saw him pop up for like you know an mk don's scarf one time that was weird yeah i don't know i don't know it was very bizarre (laughs) i can either confirm nor deny that Mm -hmm. good good well we'll get out of here and hopefully everybody i don't think anybody from our side is traveling up for this one uh but hope that everybody in bethlehem has a great week we'll try all righty take care evan take care y'all Thanks. all right welcome back thank you uh for evan for joining us uh evan is a great guy has a great sh- great podcast the if you haven't listened to it the usl show uh it covers the entire league even the Western Conference, which we kind of like to bash on this podcast. Uh, but obviously some of the teams over there know what they're doing. Uh, but if you want to hear about, you know, the whole league as a whole, more than our 30-second to minute-and-a-half segments that we do from time to time, uh, that's the place you should go. So, so once again, thank you, Evan, for joining us, uh, and thank you guys for listening. So hopefully this uh, result will go better than I predicted. It will go more like the way Ben predicted. Um, and hopefully we can turn it around. Uh, we've been struggling to close out games or maybe not just close out games, but we've been struggling just of late to get the results that I feel like we deserve. Um, we've played pretty well for majority of the games, but we've had little mistakes that have come back to bite us. So hopefully we can kind of clean up our act, uh, against a very young team and they, We'll probably be chomping at the bit to get after our uh, our seasoned roster, so to speak. So it should be an exciting matchup. Uh, maybe we'll see some of our young guys take the field and uh, kind of get get to uh, show what they can do against a younger lineup. We've been, I know I've been calling for that when we play these younger teams. Is maybe we should counter that by going a little young ourselves and seeing what some of the young guns have to say. Uh, we'll be forced into that a little bit with the absence of Donnie Smith and Joel Johnson. I imagine Sam Vines will slide in at left back. I'm not sure who will start at right back. You have a few options. You could move Cordell Cato back there. Uh, he played a lot of right back in MLS, but he's our leading goal scorer, so you may not want to take him away from the attack, uh, assuming he starts. You could put Javon Watson out there, but Javon Watson went off presumably with an injury late in the match against Tampa Bay. So that may not work out. Uh, you've got Calvin Doom. I would be really surprised to see Calvin Doom out there. Um, I believe he's actually even on international duty this week with uh, the Cameroonian U20s, maybe, or U18s. One of the youth 
squads for Cameroon. Uh, he got an international call up, and uh, yeah, I don't know. We could, I guess, you could see maybe even Jake Airman slide over there and play right back. So it'll be interesting to see uh, to see who fills in for Joel. Uh, obviously, we think Sam pretty much has the left back spot for Donnie. That's not a surprise. He's got way more minutes than Donnie at this point. Um, so we feel pretty comfortable that he will fill in there. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens come uh, come Saturday. Let's hope everybody has a wonderful sort of a holiday weekend. Fourth of July is in the middle of next week. So if your vacation starts uh, this weekend, hope you enjoy it. And if not, well, you get a holiday on Wednesday. So. We'll talk to you guys later in the week. And come on, you jacks. Woo!